Welcome in on this Friday of the Maze and Blue Review. Dennis Fithian joined by former Wolverine Jerry Diario, who is uh, ready to go and get ready for another Saturday of college football with Michigan involved. Just that right there is pretty good news, Jerry. Great to be a Michigan Wolverine, Denny. Love that. Uh, love that saying. Yeah, well, this week is great. You know, they, there were many years that we all had to sit around and, and watch this uh, this championship Saturday without Michigan being there. And, you know, the, the old saying that uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder now that Michigan is going back for a, a third year in a row for a lot of people. Uh, it's good. Like, I've seen a lot of Michigan fans like, oh, they're used to – they know how to get right down to Indy now and everything. Like, they're used to this part. But, you know, that's uh, – that's what happens when you're you're set for three years in a row. But I don't, I don't think anybody's going to get tired of Michigan winning a Big Ten championship for uh, for three years in a row. And that's where that's what's at stake tomorrow as we get ready to uh, tee it up at eight o'clock in Indy. We are going to look back to this past Saturday. Jerry has not been able to weigh in on the air about uh, Michigan beating Ohio State for three years in a row. I'm sure he'll have something to say about that. We've got some film locked and loaded, and we'll uh, present that. Always looking forward to the X's and O's and arrows that, that Jerry will provide about uh, Ohio State and or Iowa coming up. But we will start with uh, the Hawkeyes who are uh, on tap tomorrow. They they beat them two years ago. Michigan beat Purdue last year. Michigan's a heavy favorite. Jerry against Iowa. What's the first thing you think about when you're thinking about the Big Ten title game tomorrow? Don't let 2016 repeat itself. This is a very opportunistic football team. They're 10 and 2 and probably should be 11 and 1 when you uh, look at the Minnesota game. They, they That was a bad call. Um, and, and uh, the kid, no, it was a bad call. It was, he, didn't, he didn't wave his hand, he didn't wave his hand. Hell oh. no, he's telling people, Get away, get away, oh. picks up the ball and goes. No, that was a that was a bad call. And I think they uh, the Big Ten came back and said it was a bad call. But besides that, they're a 10 and 2 team. Uh, I saw them up close and personal when uh, when uh, Western Michigan played them uh, at Iowa City, and um, it's a very good offensive line. Excellent offensive line, excellent run game. I mean, they're not ranked high on their run game or anything, but they just seem to control the game and make you play at a slower pace than you want to play at. Uh, they're opportunistic. They, you know, Iowa, their MO is play great defense, play great special teams, get the turnover battle won, and let's see who comes out at the end. Uh Nobody is going to, to to sit here and say that the Iowa's offense is uh, um, innovative and creative and all that. No, that's not what anybody's saying. What they what we are saying though is uh, that Iowa's uh, um, offense complements Iowa's defense. And when I'm looking at Iowa, um, this you know I, I looked at all the stats and I'm thinking, how in the heck is this team winning? They're at the bottom on the rushing uh, uh, um, or passing uh, category. They're they're not in the top in in rushing. Their their offense just doesn't seem like it's uh, a, a, a very good championship team. When you look at the other side of the field, their defense not in the top with Ohio with Michigan and Ohio and Penn State. They're always behind them. But what their defense does 
And this was a stat that I was impressed with. They have what is known as the number one defensive efficiency team in the Big Ten. With that said, what does defense efficiency mean? That means keeping a team under four yards on first down. Keeping a team from getting half of what they need to get on second down. And then getting off the field on third down. That's Iowa's MO. When you look at Iowa's defense, they're very, very sound. They play base defense. They don't get real, real tricky. Um, They are gap sound. Uh, Their gap integrity is phenomenal. They play zone behind it. So it's hard to find windows to pass in. Um, This is one uh, one of the best defenses in the country for a reason. They play sound fundamental football uh and you got to respect them i think that because it's a, a championship game and in, in iowa this is like their national championship like we know that they're not going to the college football playoff so you know for them this would be like winning a national championship so some of the numbers and everything i do throw out the window and defensively they are pretty good but but they are behind mostly penn state ohio state and michigan and they didn't have to play ohio state well, it might look a little bit different. And obviously they're going to play Michigan. And the one game that I watched them play was uh, at Penn State, and I got throttled. And Drew Aller threw four touchdowns against them, and it didn't look very good. They got shut out. So um, that was not very impressive. And, you know, it would be a lot different feeling for Michigan fans and everyone else if uh, if Kate McNamara was under center and Eric All was the tight end, who we know is uh, – an excellent pass catcher and a big guy, but those both guys uh, are not available for Iowa. So they're hurting there. If Michigan and the Wolverines have been very good at um, not turning the ball over. And if they can continue that and just play their game, feel really good about being able to win this game. But, you know, if the thing is like Jared, what you're saying and uh, Jim Harbaugh, the, the staff and with the, the seniors, and what we have seen from them and heard from them over the past uh, this season, last year, I even go back to three years ago. Uh, this is not a team that looks like they're going to be caught, you know, looking ahead to the college football playoff or anything else. Uh, they'll treat they'll treat this game the way they're supposed to. And so, for all of that, I feel very good about you know Michigan being able to prevail tomorrow night and win a third Big Ten crown in a row. Danny, I want to I want to say a couple things here. Maybe uh, maybe this will put some sight on things. I want to first of all congratulate the University of Michigan's team, 144th uh, uh, team, the players, the coaches. Um, you know, I think I've said it a few times now. These guys are professional. These guys are professional players. They're professional coaches. This is a professional lookalike. I mean, they they are professional. They do things. They're focused. Think about the adversity that this team has had to come over over the last three weeks. They lose their coach the night before the biggest game of their season thus far. Then they go on the road to Maryland and play maybe one of the best quarterbacks in the country uh, after being told that and losing their linebackers coach, their their um, uh, decoder, all these. Th- and then they come in to, to, oh, um, to Michigan and, and play Ohio, and um, 
and, and beat them. So congratulations to this team. What a what a great bunch of uh, players, a great bunch of coaches. God bless you. Uh, I love watching them. Their focus has been unbelievable through all this adversity. My gosh, can you imagine the stress level that this team has gone through over the last three weeks? Um, yes, unbelievable. I can. Unbelievable. I can. I can. And, you know, it is uh, just, um, I mean, people on the outside can say whatever they want. Like, oh, well, this or that. But, you know, to to have, uh, it was really the, the Thursday before the Michigan State game. That's when you know, the, the Connor Stallion story came out yeah, so exactly. had with it before Michigan State. And then, you know, he resigned on uh, the day before the Stallions did before the Purdue game. And then we all remember Penn State with Jim Harbaugh's flying out there. And it wasn't until 90 minutes before kickoff that the coach. Unbelievable. Was, you know, yeah, I mean, that was that was an amazing, like, you can say whatever you want, you know, how you prepare and everything else. But that was a uh, classic. Yeah. That was a lot of it. That is adversity that you have to go through. Nobody's ever had to go through that before. It's unbelievable. Uh, and, then, and then Maryland, it was um, it was the day before that they fired their linebackers coach. Partridge is gone. Okay. Then, you know, and, 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 oh, by the way, let's remember what happened with Partridge. The story came out that he destroyed evidence. That's bull. He did not. In my opinion, what Stallions or uh, what uh, Partridge did was probably told the kids, "Don't talk to anybody." which I can't understand why that's a bad thing. I mean, I understand that Michigan is saying, you don't talk to anybody, don't say anything to anybody. And so Partridge goes out there, probably tells the kids, hey, don't talk to anybody. And then he gets in trouble for telling kids not to talk to anybody. So what Partridge, you know, the big story on Partridge was he was destroying evidence. Bull. Bull again. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, Jerry. I mean, the candom. I do know that, and I know it doesn't look good. So, I mean, I'm. But I'm we don't have any proof, and we would have had proof, Danny. I believe we don't have any proof that he destroyed evidence. Well, I think that would have come out. I mean, they fired him for a reason. So they like, fired him because he went against the Michigan uh, directive. That's what his statement said. That's what everybody is saying so far. I'm staying with that. Until somebody has proven something differently, I'm staying with that. He got fired because he went against the Michigan directive. Okay? Yeah, That's I'm, it. I'm just uh, staying with the uh, adversity angle. It was uh, a day before they're getting ready to play Maryland, and then uh, everything that already had gone on, and then they had to can him. I mean, so what, whatever uh, whatever he did, whatever it was, I mean, they had to fire him. So it was a Let, part Let's of do it this way, Denny. Nobody knows. How about that? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just talking about having to fire a, a coach, not only in season, but after and a part of this. Well, I mean, it, it's still a negative. I would put it as it's, it's not a positive. It's not like it's you look positive. at this and say, no. oh, well, hey, Michigan, uh, you know, they're just everything's great here. You know, they got a can. What are their coaches like before this? The the mostly the story was that ah, this guy's just all by himself. None of the none of the staff knows. And then all of a sudden, well, they got to fire this guy. So. I mean, look, you can, we see all the statements and everything else. It's hard for me to believe that, you know, and then you see the, uh, it, it, I say what it's hard for me to believe. Uh, if you're telling me that, you know, that they fired him because he knew about this situation, I would agree with that. So, I mean, like, that's to me why they ended up, you know, needing to have to, and, 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 you know, they didn't like, uh, exactly how he was, um, uh, operating. So, I mean, it was a negative, it's a negative, but they, the, the other part is they had to go into Ohio state without their head coach, which, uh, you know, they get, 
uh, had to have Sharon Moore, and then they're going in there. You know, to me, that was a that was a big piece of this. And then we didn't know J.J. McCarthy was a little uh, banged up as well, so we weren't exactly sure how he was going to perform. But out of all of that, Jerry, whatever you think about it, and, you know, like we don't know all the, the entire story, Michigan's able to beat Ohio State. How about that? How about being able well, to – like I said, congratulations to the team 144. I want to also congratulate Ohio. Um, those players are good. Those are doggone good players, and they're a lot better than I thought they were. Um, I I, uh, I honestly thought we could win this game by uh, ten or more. And um, um, but Ohio played they they played their butt off. Uh, they they were good ball players. Uh, they're um, um, uh, great talent. Uh, their quarterback I thought did much better than uh, what I expected. He was he was darn good in this game. I think number ninety one in the middle of their defensive line was outstanding. I, I think. Um, I think he's worth four points right there because I don't think we really got the get ground game going as well with him in the middle. So uh, I want to congratulate the Ohio players. They, you know, I'm not going to, they, they played their butt off. Uh, that's a darn good football team. Uh, uh, congratulations on a great year. I also want to congratulate the future college football players who will reap the reward deservedly. So, if this uh, TV revenue sharing situation um, uh, goes that way, uh, you're, you're looking at a situation right now. And that's what this whole thing is about. That's what this in, uh, investigation's about. That's what all this uh, media outrage. Remember, this is a level two or maybe level three violation of a bylaw. That's what this is. No, this is about our coach standing up for, for players who deserve to get money that they produce the ncaa doesn't produce it the conferences don't produce it the players produce this money and yes they should get the money so congratulations to the future players in the college football world uh i think they're going to reap uh, uh, great rewards from this um and uh i think the ncaa is facing a four billion dollar lawsuit that uh could basically uh uh put them in ruin so now, those are my three congratulations. Uh, Michigan, Team 144, God bless you. Great job all year. Phenomenal job. Ohio, excellent football team. Fantastic football team. Great talent. Um, you know, Denny, I was looking at some of the uh, uh, pictures from last year. If you look at uh, the pictures from last year or in the year before, that's one heck of a fantasy football team. Garrett, well, uh, you know, uh, Wilson. Uh, oh, if you take it from uh, Ohio. PJ. I mean, that, that that those are some phenomenal, phenomenal football teams. And, and the other thing about this uh, um, revenue sharing, you know, everybody's, you know, what school is going to go against revenue sharing? What school is going to sit there and say, we don't want our players to get paid from revenue sharing? That's a, that's a recruitment nightmare. That's when you got to go into a house and say, no, we don't think your kid should get money for, for his performances. No, this this is going to this is a, this is a problem for the NCAA, and this is where they're taking on the hill and they're saying we're going to die here. And Harbaugh's the one who brought it up, so that's where we're going after. Yeah, I, th I think there's a, a part to that. You know, I think that you can be, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Michigan or anyone else. You can just be a college football fan, and you might worry about, look, you know, there's it's a gigantic pie and there's a lot of money and, you know, who really cares, you know, how it gets uh, split up. Do I care if, uh, you know, if it's going to TV, do I care if it's going to Michigan to 
you know, pay for uh, other sports? Do I care if it's going to players? I mean, the college football fan, I don't think they really they care about that. Uh, as long as, uh, you I know, think the recruits will, I think the recruits will. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, recruits, right. Everybody's, everybody wants, you know, their own money. Everybody wants to get paid, you know? So from that standpoint, uh, I, I, uh, I want to throw some other, I mean, we always can talk about, you know, how it plays out there. How about like, nobody thinks Michigan's going to lose this game and everybody's been talking about the college football playoff. Jerry, you can make a case for Michigan, even if they lose, Tomorrow, do you think they're in the college football playoff with a loss? Okay, so here, here's my thoughts on that. I think Georgia's in no matter what. They're two-time defending national champion. They've been ranked number one all year long. Um, nobody has beaten them. They deserve to be in no matter what. Yeah, I don't agree with that I, I, myself. I know they've been, it, it shouldn't matter. I mean, it, it, it probably does that, you know, that they won the last two uh, and it probably will matter. But uh, if Alabama goes out and, and beats them and, you know, some other things happen, you know, there's, I, I think one of them get in, you know, between Alabama and Georgia, but I, I don't think both, I think it's more likely that uh, I, I know the SEC, you know, and the, and the power that they have and everybody that we sitting in that committee, it, it almost thinks unthinkable, you know, and, and I, it, it is almost an unthinkable to me to leave both of them out. But I, I do think one of them would get in. But, I, you know, I think Georgia, I think there would be a chance that they could get left out with a loss. So I disagree right off the bat. What else? We're, we're going to agree to disagree, Denny, oh, and I'm going to go right. back to it and say that Georgia has been ranked ahead of everybody. Why should somebody jump ahead of them when Georgia loses? I think if Georgia loses, in my opinion, I you didn't ask me what the C, CFP will do. Yeah, right. right, right. My opinion. Okay. My opinion is Georgia gets in no matter what. They're yeah. the best team over the last two years. You got to knock them off in the four games that matter. I get that angle. I get that angle. What what else? Uh, what about Michigan? Are they in with a loss? I think Michigan is in no matter what. How do you jump? Who's going to jump Michigan? Ohio State. The the only way, um, I I I just don't see how Michigan can be left out of the uh, out of the playoffs at this point in time. Uh, we don't want to talk about that. No, I, I wouldn't want to test fate myself. We don't want to test fate, especially with these guys. Right. I mean, I, I think this would, you know, Georgia saying the thing. I think they're Georgia's thinking the same thing. Like, hey, look, man, we're going to rent 30 games in a row. Uh, we have been number one the entire year, to your point. We're going to lose uh, in a in a championship game, you know, to uh, a team like Alabama. You know, you got to you got to put us in. I think that's the way they're thinking too. Their fans, but I think when you test fate, there's six teams that are sitting in here, and I could see, you know, I could see that committee going, man. Uh, if there was ever a time like they wanted to, to do something to bounce Michigan because all of the stuff that has gone on, I can see them doing that. Although, you know, if we're just talking about who's deserving to be in there, I would think that even with the loss, you could put Michigan in there. But uh, I, I wouldn't want to put that up to – I don't want to test that one out. Right, exactly. Especially with these guys. No. But, Jerry, what about, what about Florida State? You know, back in the 70s when Michigan tied Ohio State, and Michigan had gained more yards. They had more first downs. What was it? A, a 10-10? Was it 73? 10-10. And they, they put it up to a vote. And the Big Ten voted Ohio State to go. And Bo, you know, the story is, was, you know, as mad as hell. Was, I don't know, what did they say? Running down State Street, you know, fuming. 
because you know his team. But but Dennis Franklin got hurt. I mean, that's the the point of the story. Uh, Florida State's quarterbacks hurt, and there's a lot of folks that are thinking, you know, like you know, okay, undefeated, that's great, but you're really not that good of a team without your starting quarterback, and you don't deserve to be in there. There's a lot of other teams, even a one loss team, that they would put in front of them. I, you know, how do you think about that with the always the uh, the thing in the back mind uh, of your mind about Michigan and, and Franklin not being able to get in because of that. I don't think uh, Florida State is uh, – I don't think you can jump Florida State if they win. If they win, they're in. Uh, how do you sit there and say a 12-0 team is not good enough to get into the playoffs because – okay, so are, are you going to say something about Michigan with Jenner out? I mean, that's a huge part of our team. Um, no, Florida State wins. They're in. They're they're uh, they're twelve and zero. They're in. All right. What about if if Alabama wins? You're putting Alabama and Georgia, but Texas, you know, only law. You know, they they beat they beat Alabama, so they should be in too. There's only four teams. I mean, that's the that's the whole point. I mean, there there's some there's some parts here where that's why the Michigan. We no one thinks you know that they're going to lose, but that's why there's a lot of teams that are thinking they're going to get in. If you want to put. You're starting to talk about putting two in from the SEC and Florida State. You know, there's Texas and Michigan and Michigan. And Michigan. And Michigan. And Michigan. And about how about, you got no, wait a minute. I will, I will say this okay. scenario because Denny, we're not we're, we're we're also getting ahead of ourselves here. What if Washington State wins tonight? Well, they're undefeated. They're, they're, in. they're in. They're, they're the they're ones in. in. They're in. And, and I should take that back. Florida State is not in if they win. If Washington State wins tonight and Alabama wins. I think Florida State's out. Okay, Florida State's out then. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. We'll, That's we'll... my opinion. No, what I the CFP will do? Don't have any idea. Don't know. Let me throw some quick hitters at you, Jerry. Last week, you know, Michigan beats Ohio State. Now, Jerry, you started out, you did play right guard. And then you ended up when you were a senior moving over to left guard. But I was I don't actually know. strong guards, Denny. I was actually uh, the strong guard. We we rotated our line. We went offensive uh, uh, strong side, quick side, and so I was the strong side offensive guard. But go ahead, anyways, Denny. Just to okay. make clarify, I would say you know you were listed as a, a left guard, right? Right. And then when you were a senior of twelve, there was a twelve next to you that you started over at right guard. But it was you know semantics, maybe. Right. 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 My, my, my point is, is that you already mentioned Zach Zinter. And so not only are you a Michigan fan, you're a former Michigan football player. Uh, you're from Ohio. So, the, you know, the Michigan-Ohio State game is going to hold a special spot for you. And you're a guard. So all of those things. So when you see Zinter going down, your emotions over, you know, are even, I would think, even more involved than, you know, your average Michigan fan who was – uh, you know, devastated by coming back from break. And obviously if you're at the game, you know, you had to even deal with that, you know, the whole stadium being quiet. What, what about your emotions when uh, Zinter went down? Uh, it was, I, I, I was, uh, I was heartbroken for the young man. He is, he has been a, just an outstanding player for the university of Michigan. Uh, what a bright future he, he has. Um, I, I'm glad to hear that the surgery has gone well, the, the, that uh, things are looking positive for him. But I was sickened. I, I, my, my, I, I was sickened. My, my stomach was turning. Um, for our team to respond the way they did when Zach went down, unbelievable. Unbe because it wasn't just the next play. 
It was a night, eight minute drive or a six minute drive or a seven minute drive to basically seal the game. I mean, that team, they, they seemed like uh, they didn't miss a, they didn't miss too much of a beat. And, and um, for them to rally around uh, Zach like that and, and come through in those, those kind of circumstances, again, what more adversity you're tied with Ohio 17, 17, and you're, it, 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 Zach's captain, isn't he? he? He's the captain of the team. Yes, isn't he, he is. Yes. Okay. And your captain goes down. And, and, and your three time uh, all, all Big Ten, two time All American uh, offensive guard goes down. That's huge, especially for a team that likes to run the ball. And what do we do? We come out the next play and score a touchdown right off of Keegan, who I said all along, I think he should be in the uh, uh, outlet trophy uh, um, call as well. I mean, he's had a phenomenal year, and he played a phenomenal game against Ohio. Um, and, and we run right behind him, and, and Corum scores a touchdown. And I love the fact that he threw up the 6-5 after that. But then when we come back and we take that seven-minute drive and stuff it right down their throat, Blake Corum staying in bounds um, on, uh, on, on that one first down play. That's what this team is about. This is a, a phenomenal football team. They're professional. Yeah, and it, it has been talked about, but when you have your, your leader go down, you have to, however long that was in real time, I don't know, five minutes, could have been 10 minutes. I'm, I'm not sure. But so you're, you're out there and you're completely drained. You don't know the effect of, of that injury. It's just it, it, it was uplifting to see him raise his hand up that had to fire the team up, but you know, you're already so fired up. So you're, you're completely down and you got to get back up. The, the players put it up there. Your, your emotions are over, but you have to be able to focus uh, and, and, and get back out there and not go overboard with emotions, but be able to stay where you're at that part of it. I mean, that's, a, that's a huge thing. I mean, like, you know, the, I know you, the players talk about, you know, you have to deal with adversity and you have to, you know, forget about the last play and, you know, you're playing for your guys and everything else. But, you know, that part was uh, that part was something else that to be the what? very next play. And then for them to close it out and win the game like they did by putting a guy who plays maybe a couple snaps during the week at guard. But he's been tackled and then you're shuffling it around there and, you know, no penalties. And you continue to have the success like that. Am- amazing job. Well, you know, what? Um, I'll tell you, there's a lot of things I've, I've been proud about Michigan especially over the last month, month and a half. But when Joel Klatt gets on his podcast on Twitter and said it was one of the most remarkable things he's ever seen, if not the most remarkable thing, that the Michigan fans, the Michigan fan base, picked that team up at that point in time. That, you know, this guy's been all over the place. He's seen things all over the place. And, um, with for him to make that comment about Michigan fans, um, they're the best fans in the world, and, and uh, it's uh, unbelievable that he would make those comments about how a, a fan base, a stadium, completely lifted the team up in that that amount of time um, for us to go back and, and, and finish the game. I mean, that 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 says a lot. That says a lot. And maybe that's why a lot of guys that were on that field uh, being recruited that day are starting to look real seriously at Michigan right now because of that fan base, because of that support. It's a good point. And, you know, Clatt, 
three years ago had mentioned what a great atmosphere it was with the snow coming down. One of the great atmospheres that he had ever been at for a college football game when Michigan beat Ohio state for their, the first win of these three. And obviously what they did, you know, last year down at Ohio state, but all those games, I, but you know, I wasn't at these games, but knowing people that have been at these games and got down on the field, looking at the pictures and everything else like these, that I don't know, just yes, just uh, not yesterday's uh, Saturday's last Saturday's is such a monumental win, Jerry, for everything that's going on. Puts Michigan into this elite status. Of course, you know they're, you know they're. You can dial in now and talk about three more wins starting tomorrow, and then the semifinal and the final. But all the stuff that was going on that to capture this one and. You know, the, these wins, I know each one of them stand on their own. Uh, they're kind of like your children, you know. You, you don't love one more or the other. But, man, this past Saturday, without the coach and everything else, and uh, just a uh, – Hard, one, to, not have a, hard to not have a bias towards this one, right, Denny? No, it's, well, it's, it's hard because it just happened. And what happens is and, – and this is what happened the last two years, like, you got to go on and you validate them. If you get a big 10 championship, man, that win gets up there and, and it's in this rare air. Like, Oh, you never, you never take the win away anyways. But if they go out and get the job done tomorrow, the 23 win over against Ohio state, it's like, wow, this is put up there with some of the greatest wins. It's already there, but it gets validated. And then of course, if they, if they, uh, 97 is tough because they, they just had to win one more. But if you go in and win a national championship, then you come back and you put this one up there with, you know, it's on one hand that you're talking about. It's probably on two hands right now, that win. But, you know, these are fun things to talk about. It was a great win, one for that, you know, that you'll never forget. And it means so much when, you know, one means so much, two means so much, three, you know, you, you just, uh, it, it's fun to, it's fun to think about all the ramifications of, of winning three in a row and you know you, you still have history. everything out there it's 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 really sweet history history, history. <laughs> couldn't be more proud of this uh, uh of being a michigan alumni former michigan football player right now um one of the great days of my life uh, watching michigan beat ohio that day i love it one of the great days of your life jerry i was like hey like so put it in perspective what are the great days in no hey listen i i saw my kids born i got married uh graduated <laughs> i played this is right up there. You know, Jerry, uh, I, I, I think I'm with you, you know, like, uh, you know, get married and watch Michigan win this past Saturday. It's up there. You know, I have a split hairs. Let me ask you about some other things that people are talking about. We'll get to some of the film. We'll get to some of the, uh, the feedback here. Uh, when you put it like that, sometimes, man, you just connect and that one just went out of the stadium. I love it. A lot of people talking about, and, and, you know, you got tomorrow and you got the college football playoff and there's all this transfer portal stuff going on. But there's there's two people that I want to ask you about and their futures. One is Jim Harbaugh. Uh, he's back tomorrow. And I know a lot of people are, are looking forward to after the game where the the commissioner, Tony Battini, would have to hand Jim Harbaugh the the Big Ten championship. Can't trophy. wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> that would be, that's going to be, that is great. What about people that ask you just, what does Jerry think about the possibility of Jim Harbaugh being back for on the sidelines for Michigan, you know, next year and for the foreseeable future for the rest of his career? What do you think? 
Again, nobody knows. But here's my take. Right. Nobody knows. That's right. Here's my take. Jim Harbaugh has family in Ann Arbor, Michigan, meaning his mother and father, his kids. All those people are enrooted in Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's hard to leave. Number one. Number two, he now sees that he has the support not only of the fan base, but of the president and the regents of the University of Michigan. That's hard to I'll tell you what, Denny, that's one of the most underrated um positives that a coach can look at. When you are supported by your administration, when you're supported by your regents, and I mean they're going to bat this way for you, uh, that's hard to walk away from. And I'm I, I think Jim is going to probably be looking at about 125 to 150 million dollar contract. It's going to be outrageous because he deserves it. He's the best coach. In the Big Ten, bar none, and he's one of the top three to five coaches in the country. Why would we not pay him that kind of money? Yes. And, oh, by the way, we just found out that we – or I just found out that I I, I think our, uh, our assistants are going to get more money. Okay? So now you have your money. You have your family. You have your support. You have your NIL. You know we're going to put more money into NIL now. You know we're going to put more money into your coaches. I mean, he's living a pretty good life, in my opinion, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Why would you go to Carolina, who just fired a coach within a one-year deal, when um, the coach wanted to pick CJ over uh, what they got? You mean so the why owner? Would you go huh? <laughs> or the owner? How do you? Yeah, that was. Why a- would you go there? Why <laughs> would you go to Chicago when you know that that's a volatile situation and could end quickly as well? You don't know. You got Fields sitting there at quarterback, and they're talking about drafting Caleb Williams. What has Caleb Williams done that says we need to move Fields out? I don't know. Uh, you know, Fields has been hamstrung because. They've kind of told him stay in the pocket. Now they're starting to let him loose a little bit, and now he's starting to come back around. That's a hard position to be in, to go into a a pro pro team like that when you know you might be out in a year and a half, two years. So in my opinion, I think there's a lot more good from Jim staying at Michigan than going to the pro. I don't think Jim needs to be in the pro. And, oh, by the way, there's one other thing that I'm going to say that might mean Jim is staying at Michigan. I think he wants to be an advocate of revenue sharing for TV. I think that's a huge part of his makeup right now. Uh, and God bless him for that. That That's outstanding. Uh, I think he, he wants to be that advocate. I think he wants to be that voice for the players. Um, and why wouldn't you want to play for a guy like that? I mean, if I'm, if I'm a top-notch player, I want to play for somebody who supports the players. You know, Jerry, you're you're like Mr. December here on December 1st. You know, Reggie Jackson was Mr. October. You know, it was Jackson hit those three home runs in the 77 World Series against the Dodgers. Man, you're you're just knocking them out of the park here. Uh, when it comes down to Harbaugh, I could make some ca- you know, like, but I think you let off with, you know, nobody knows, but then you made your case. So there's no reason to go in any of the particulars there. So let me get to the other one before we get to the film, and that is JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy has had a wonderful year. 
J.J. McCarthy is something else as the uh, the Michigan quarterback. Yeah, he got banged up against Penn State, and you could tell he was a little bit banged up against Maryland. I don't know. He he made some runs against Ohio State, but he beat Ohio State again. He's he's beaten them uh, as two times in a row as a starter. You know, three times in a row since he's been here. He's been here for three years. He's three and zero against the Buckeyes. Uh, let me just ask you the direct question: What are the chances you think of J.J. McCarthy? coming back for his senior season at Michigan. Well, I, I think there's a lot of good for him to stay. He's not going to be one of the top quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft. He's going to take less money. He's already getting, pro he's probably already getting pretty good money with his NIL deal. And it's only going to get sweeter with Michigan. You know that. Uh, I mean, who's to say he's not doing Dr. Pepper commercials next year. Um, and making an NIL money for that. I mean, Caleb Williams, he might take a pay cut going into the NFL this year. But, uh, you know, I think J.J. has got a sweet home here in Ann Arbor. Uh, again, I don't know anything. Uh, I think he's got a sweet home here in Ann Arbor. I think there's a lot uh, ahead of him uh, in this year's NFL draft. And I think if he stays one more year, um, he becomes one of the top uh, – NFL uh, uh, drafts uh, in 25. When you say there's a lot in front of him, you're, you're talking about other quarterbacks? Is right. that what, what right. you're thinking? So, right. and, and other players. And other players, too. Remember, all those players go in front of you, you lose money. So yeah. well, You already mentioned Caleb Williams. It, it appears, like, the one thing that, that J.J., out of all of the quarterbacks, I mean, the Bo Nix and, and Michael Penix, they're playing tonight. And, you know, one of them could have a great game. Hell, they could win the Heisman. And then uh, the winner's likely to get into the college football playoffs. So they could have two, you know, three more games, which is, uh, you know, going to be top of mind for people that are, you know, an NFL guy. But J.J. also could have three more games. Uh, you know, he wins tomorrow and, and then goes out and plays well in the college football playoff. I don't think this is the, the case for him, I guess, going. He goes out and plays fabulous in the college football playoffs and, and shows Michigan, you know, with his right arm and wins a national championship. I think he can be picked as high as two. I still I think I think he could move up there. Now, you know, who knows how he's going to play? You know, your guess and everybody else is out there as well. And then I think he would be compelled, even with a Dr. Pepper commercial and everything else, with the amount of money. I don't know. He's a different guy. Maybe he could stay around there, but. I, I think if he is looked at as uh, a top 10 or 15 pick, I, I think he would likely go. But, you know, there's scenarios there, like what you're talking about. There's 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 Knicks, there's there's Penix, there's uh, Shador Sanders that is out there. Obviously, uh, Drake May. I don't I'm not in love with him from North Carolina. I don't really see. You know what everybody's so gaga on about him, but I do see with Caleb Williams. So there's like five guys. And, you know, if you're not going to be in the top five, I mean, there's your case, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Now, let's take some of the uh, the feedback here that is, that is uh, coming in. Vince is, uh, let's see, OT's talking about the, the national championship, and he wants the the easiest road. What do you think the Don't easiest road? Don't we all. Don't we all, OT. <laughs> What's the easiest road, Jerry? Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan State. That's the easiest road. Well, no, what about Iowa, <laughs> the easiest road, Florida in all State? Seriousness, okay. The easiest road in all seriousness. I think Florida State and Washington being there. 
I think that's the easiest scenario. Okay. I'm with, with you. On with, that. with Georgia, with Georgia, I think um, uh, Washington and uh, Florida State would be the easiest scenario. All right. And there are a lot of people talking about how sweet it would be to beat Georgia. And Vince says uh, beating Georgia in the final. I do like Michigan having to play, whether it's Oregon or Washington. Of course, if you, we can handpick it, it would be Florida State without their quarterback. That is the easiest road. But uh, let's say the most likely road. I mean, Georgia is the favorite. Having Michigan play, let's say, Oregon or Washington in the Rose Bowl for a semifinal on New Year's Eve, Jerry. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> We're sitting around talking about the some of the greatest things. And, you know, that one, just the, the setting. I don't like, you know, the Rose Bowl and, and what it's like out there. Um, you know, talk about all the emotions that would be, you know, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if we can handle it of watching Michigan. It's just close to happening too, Jerry. It's that close. I mean, it's very easily. In fact, that's the likely scenario of Michigan playing in the Rose Bowl against the winner of Oregon, Washington tonight. How about that? Isn't that fitting that Woo! the Pac-10 Pac is dissolving? And, and, and at the end of it all, the Big Ten and the Pac-10 are matching up in the Rose Bowl for the national championship. How much more fitting can that be? I mean, that is the, the that's the perfect scenario um, for the um, for for where we're at. Yeah, I would just say, you know, there's going to have to be a lot of pinching going on because people are not going to pinch me. You know, they're just not believing yeah. all of this, just how uh, of great it is. And now, you know, here's Rob saying, "Watch out." He's playing the watch out card, Jerry. How about the watch out card? Uh, oh, absolutely, uh, uh, absolutely. First of all. You're in the final four for a reason. You're in the final four because you're good enough to be there. That means you could probably beat any team in the country on a given day. Um, so, absolutely. I, I thought we did take TCU a little bit for granted last year. I thought there were some things that I didn't. I wasn't crazy about um, in that game. Um, but um, um, no, no question about it. The, the, you got the four best teams in the country. Anybody can win anytime, anywhere. So that's where we're at. You better, you better. Absolutely, we can't look forward. Or you look past. We can't look past Iowa tomorrow. No, we can't. You can't. I can. And Richard's looking past them all the way to the national championship game. Says, if Michigan wins the Natty, you can lose both Harbaugh and J.J. McCarthy, look, you know, Richard, you know, it could happen. You know, these are there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of scenarios. But, you know, that particular piece, if, if Michigan wins it, you know, you can't be too sad. You know, there's a lot of things going on, Jerry. Just think like – Can I say something to that real quick? Yes, yeah, please. I'd rather have that problem. You know, when I was in sales, <laughs> they used to say this. I'd rather train a guy and lose him than not train a guy who makes mistakes over and over and over again and keep him. So if that happens, God bless them both. Um, congratulations. I just, I kind of, I kind of lean in my way. Jerry, I'm thinking of a, you know, like, and this might sound a little crazy. I'll just throw it at you and you tell me. How about JJ comes back? Jim Harbaugh comes back. Michigan wins the national championship. And the kid from Belleville, Bryce Underwood, decides that he's going to commit right before the national championship to Michigan. Those four things. Now, I don't know if all four are going to happen, but they're in play. I mean, how, how about that? 
Oh, that, that, that um, young man from Belleville. It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Absolutely, that would be a phenomenal uh, situation. But remember, Denny, one of the thing not I, I think this is probably the most important thing. We have an offensive line that is seasoned and dominant, and we are losing them. That's a huge loss. Um, we're going to have to go. I don't know. Maybe we've got the – and Sharon Moore is a phenomenal offensive line coach, and he says, hey, we're loaded. We're, we got backups. We're, we're ready to go. We got the linemen, okay? that That's the scenario that I'm most interested in in the offseason. If if uh, Jim stays, if J.J. stays, if we get the, um, the young man from Belleville, uh, if all the – we need to – because our defense is going to be very good next year. We have a lot of returning parts on our defensive side. That That's a huge thing. Offensive line is is probably uh, uh, my biggest question mark going into the next year. Well, it's a great point, but the way they they hit with uh, at first it was the magnificent seven, but it ran up to ten players out of the portal, and the the impact from uh, Josiah Stewart to Ernest Hausman to Josh Wallace on the defensive side. Oh yeah, James Turner ended up being a, a hell of a, yep. of a of a place kicker. Along that offensive line, you know, Nugent, Henderson. Oh, yeah, the uh, tight end, A.J. Barner, you know, yep. their, their backup quarterback. You know, like they, they are great at the transfer portal. Let me ask you about the transfer portal. I, I, I sat around on this very feed here in, I don't know if I was acting like a fool, but I, I was uh, promoting this quarterback out of Detroit, Dante Moore, and, and how they had to have him. Like, you know, this is – this was key for the future for Michigan to get Dante Moore. And I spent uh, months, you know, talking about Dante Moore coming into Michigan, Dante Moore, this Dante Moore, that, and then they lost him to Oregon and ultimately the UCLA, but Dante Moore, Jerry is in the transfer portal. Do you think Michigan, how would they approach Dante Moore? If, if Jim Harbaugh, you know, has got his phone and it says Dante, you know, what's Jim, what's uh, I don't know if he can talk with him. Uh, maybe he can once it's official on Monday, but but what's the you know, the conversation with Dante more like if you're Michigan? Well, first of all, I want to tread that one cautiously. I mean, here's a young man who committed to Oregon, went to UCLA, and one year later is in the transfer portal. Um, what's to say he comes to Michigan and the next year he's gone again? I mean, I think. I think Dante Moore has got some uh, um, he's got some questions to answer. He's got a lot of serious questions to answer. Um, and I would tread that one very cautiously. I think we've got good quarterbacks in in the uh, pipeline. I think uh, the young man out of uh, Belleville, uh, we should go after uh, heavy. Um, I would love to see JJ stay. Uh, but uh, Dante Moore, I, I think we should cautiously look at him. Cautiously. Yeah, I agree. I think if, uh, you know, Dante is talking, if the first thing is out of his mouth is, uh, you know, what's the NIL package look like, then you might be like, hey, go to Michigan State. You know, maybe they maybe they can throw you a big, you know. Uh, right and, and the quarterback is such a, a, an important pos, uh, position. And, and I never used to really think that, to be honest with you, especially in college football. You had quarterbacks running the ball and stuff like that. And, you know, I always thought, you know, the games won a loss up front. And I still believe that. But after watching uh, 
the quarterback play of JJ this year and, and, and some of the other quarterback play um, Georgia the last three years. This Stetson didn't do anything but manage the game. And, and, and that's all he needed to do. And he made plays when he had to. And so quarterback is a very, very important position, but I don't think you sell your soul for somebody well, who's uh, um, uh, got this kind of baggage. Well, and you know, the, the, the baggage for, I'm not as down. There's a lot of fans that are, uh, are down on, you know, they're always talking about bag chasers and they're taking the money. The money's there now. If you're a, if you're looked at as a top five QB in your class, like Dante Moore was, uh, you know, who am I to say that, you know, going for the, for the best deal and, and getting the most money while you can is really a bad move. But to your point, you you know, like he went to Oregon and I know Michigan thought that they had to beat over a million and a half dollars. And so I, I would think, I mean, it's just me talking here that UCLA had to do more than that for, you know, him to end up going there and so maybe he's got that part where, you know, he's got his money and, and you know, now he's thinking, hey, now I want to go, in, you know, into the best place for, you know, to, to play football. And maybe that could be back home, but maybe he's out there thinking, now I want to get another payday. I want to just get as many paydays as I can. Maybe he he gets to the end of his, um, you know, his eligibility in college and, you know, he's a, he's a multimillionaire and I know, you know, he's going to be, he could miss out on hundreds of millions, but you know, he could also walk away with 10 million and, and never play it down in the NFL. And I don't know. So, you know, that's not the worst thing for him, but, uh, but the part about him going two places and now, you know, here's a third in just a year, you know, you what would you say you had to tread cautiously with him? I think that's, uh, I think we might want to look at him in his year, in year four or five. Yeah. Yeah, well, we just went through the baggage, uh, OT. The baggage is just, you know, place to place to place. It's, that that used to be something that was looked at like, hey, with this guy every year, these guys are going somewhere else. I think, OT, with, with quarterback, it is something. It's different if you got a corner that's sitting out there and you say, hey, you know, bring him on in and whatever, you know, guys that are in different places. The, the quarterback, though, you know, it is something. And you're constantly, it's, it's every day, your evaluation of these players, I don't know if every day it changes, but, you know, it can. And, you know, being it around and, you know, thinking about it. Let me address OT real quick. Uh, yeah. Okay. OT, I have no problem with this young man seeking as much money as he as he wants. Okay. I I understand you you might make um you might make a, a decommit and, and go somewhere else. I understand that. What I'm saying, though, OT, is – this is going to be the topic consistently if he comes to your school. What's he thinking? Is he ready to leave again? What's he doing? I don't think this is needed in the locker room. I don't think that's a good locker room uh, uh, setup. I don't think that's a good coach's room setup. When you're constantly worried about this young man, what he's doing and what he's thinking, that takes the focus off of what you really need to do, and that's beat Ohio. Penn State, now USC, Texas. That's what the focus should be on. And it is a fine line. Uh, I, I think, you know, however you're you're getting into the new age of college football with how you either have to promise or how you at least have to say, hey, here's the NIL package that you can happen, but and, and how it, it, it can, uh, you know, be there for you. But if Dante Moore gets on the phone and, and he is saying, look, um, I just want to come 
compete. I made a mistake. I want to play for Michigan. You know, it's, to me, that's a little bit different. That's a different all, scenario. Yeah, it that's all depends. What I, want, I want to play for – I'm, I'm homesick. I want to leave US, UCLA. I want to go back home to Michigan. I made the wrong decision. I understand that. But when you jump, 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 and always talking money, I think that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah. And OT does have a point. You know, we're judging OT him. OT has a great point. I understand OT's point. But what I'm saying, the history looks dangerous. All right, Jerry, how about some film? We can sit here talking with the with the people all day, you know? Absolutely. That's- I love it, too. I love uh, talking to the people. They're out there. Michigan fans are the best. You know, and it's uh, it's a great time of year. You know, we, we flip the calendar. You know, get the Christmas tree up. Michigan playing in the Big Ten championship game <laughs> with a victory over uh, Ohio State. We're all good to we'll go there. You know, right now, I don't know. You know, it could stop raining, I guess. You know, he's, uh, I guess we're always looking for for a little something here or there. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for the film. Let's I go, Danny. Sure. Right. Let me say that um, we do have that. We also want to thank Quick Cut for their video and analytics. Jerry, it's up, and you can work with it. you got to enlarge it on the screen, though. Yeah, I do. How, how do we do this, Danny? How I come we're there, out I think it's right there. I'll come. Are you clicking it? It's not going. Sometimes yeah. you can take that off the screen and then put it back up and then it'll work for you. Why don't you try that? Why I just tell everybody one thing here. Say that again, Denny. What did you want me to do again? I want you to uh, X out of it and then bring it back up. Cause then if you, if you're not able to enlarge it, I think that could work for you. Stop sharing. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now you did. Now bring it back up there. Let me just tell everyone that with the holiday season rapidly approaching, and if you're looking for something for the Michigan person in your life, there we go. I have got it for you. Jerry's got it for you. All that transfer portal news, Michigan beating Ohio state three years in a row, big 10 championship game, college football. I mean, what a present. For the Michigan fan in your life, and that might be the one that you're looking at in the mirror saying, what a better present that I could give to myself than the present of the maize and blue review. Go to michigan.rivals.com. We would love to see you on there. Give us a shot. We're talking about Michigan all day and all night. How about that? Now we go to the game that will live on for ages, no matter how old you are, and we're going to Watch Jerry take us through some of the big plays in that game. Have at it, Jerry. Okay, first of all, Denny, what I want to say right off the bat is this early three and out was more important, I think, than people want to give it credit for. I remember when uh, Rich Rod was here in his first year, he had Scott Schaefer as his defensive coordinator. Scott is a great guy, uh, and he was a good defense coordinator. He worked for Jimmy Harbaugh at Stanford. Um, but when uh, Rich Rod played – Ohio State, I think they had like five or seven possessions in the first quarter. What does that mean? That means the defense has seen your offense and knows what you're looking at, but it also means that their offense is seeing what your defense is doing. When you get off the field uh, on defense, you're taking them away from what they want to see. They want to see your offense three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, and they want to know what you're doing. And that's why it's so important to get off the field early. 
This was a phenomenal drive, especially when they come back with uh, a hurry up after this. Let's watch. Uh, I think is this Jenkins? Watch him ricochet off their offensive tackle, come down and make the play. Watch Graham take up two offensive uh, linemen so that I think this is Sanders still comes up and makes the play. And then watch Harrell just stone this offensive tackle, uh, keeping the uh, um, uh, the the uh, the hole from uh, expanding. I got these dots here because we see. Uh, I think this is Barrett. That's what his key is, and that's what Ohio State is looking at. What is this guy going to do when he goes across the uh, the formation? And and that's what they uh, that's what they're looking for. That's what all this game management is about. <clears throat> Watch, look at Graham. Look at Graham. Just he just takes up two defensive tackles. Watch Jenkins. He, we, I used to call this ricochet. You ricochet off and come back down the line. He plays into it and then right down the line, nice and flat, and, and makes the play. Sanders still's there. Now, what do you have? You have a third and six or third and four, which is more of a passing down, especially for Ohio State. Uh, for Ohio, you've got more of a passing down. So now um, we just set their their offense in a, in a bad situation. That's one of those defensive efficiencies that I was talking about that Iowa does. Um, that's that's so important. Uh, that That's a great play. Um, Oh, excuse me. I think that was Junior Colson in there. <clears throat> 25 reading that um, that uh, move. But now here we go. They're hurry, hurry. Well, they're tempo. They're picking up the tempo. This this is, you know, we're going to catch uh, Michigan off guard. Well, tempo can also screw you up on offense. How many times do we see teams come out and tempo, try to get that one yard, and something screws up? A fumble, um, a missed block, an offsides, an illegal motion, something. Tempo is tough. You better do it a lot to uh, to uh, do it well. And, and in this situation, they go empty. They're going fast tempo. They're trying to catch Michigan off guard. I think what it did was it caught uh, their quarterback and their receiver off guard because right here, bang, that play. He knows McCord knows that 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 uh, that's a, a possible uh, interception right there. McCord knows he got to throw it behind him. He's got to he's got to settle him down a little bit, and then he takes the hit. So this was a huge series right here um, to get off the field that quick and, and just set the tempo for the game. It, it, it was a great great victory right off the bat for Michigan and um, great tempo. And uh, God bless the fans. I'm with you. God bless the fans. They were awesome this game. Fantastic, fantastic fan support. Uh, you can't say enough about it. It was a true home field advantage. True home field advantage. Where's this? Where's the red? I I didn't see much. I didn't see much, Denny. I didn't see any. I didn't see much. I might have okay. We won the running game again for the twenty second straight time in this rivalry in the game. The team that runs the ball the most, the best, wins the game. I'm going to take this real slow, Denny. If this is the last thing I talk about, so be it. Everybody wants to talk about culture. Third base wants to talk about he wants to get a tougher team. He wants to run the ball all year long. He's talking about that. What people tend to forget is that these guys right here were recruited for a different reason. They were recruited to run uh, to pass the ball. They're not your more athletic offensive line. They're big. They're big bodies. They're hard to get around. 
but they're not great run blockers. That is the culture. The culture is set in recruiting. The culture is set in transfer portal. It's not set at the beginning of the season because you want to be a running team. You've already committed. You have all these great receivers. You have this great pass-blocking offensive line. That's hard to go from that philosophy to we're going to run the ball now. Oh, by the way, there's one other thing on that side. If you want to run the ball, you know you better stop the run. And again, we recruit the defensive linemen that are stout and that are going to stop the run. Watch Graham here or Grant here uh, um, uh, play in front of the center. This this is not a very – and this center is a good ball player, by the way. I thought he did a nice job. But he doesn't take a great step front side on Grant. Um, I just don't think that you can sit there and say, we want to run the ball with what you've already recruited. I think that is very underrated. Watch, is it Graham? Who's who's up there at top? Oh, oh gosh, uh, number eight. Um, Derek ooh. Moore. Derek, Derek Moore. Derek Moore. Watch him ricochet. He get again. Here's that left tackle getting beat inside. He's not great at run blocking. The one thing I would say is I would like to see Grant settle his feet a little bit more and punch right back. But but he gets to the front side of that center because the center does not take the best front side lead step. You've got Harold coming off the corner, off the backside. Um, in my opinion, that's what the last three years has been about. We have established a culture of wanting to run the ball. They have gone back to they want to throw the ball. And so you recruit those types of players, and that's the problem that Ohio State has been facing the last three years. We've recruited the guys that know how to run the ball, know how to stop the run. They've recruited the guys that can throw the ball, that can catch the ball, that can pass block, but they're not great at running the game, running the ball. Okay. Here's a, a little, you know, Scar always talks about what motion does to you, and it, it, it does. It puts you in conflict. Watch what happens. We got Johnson lined up on uh, on Harrison all day long. That's what our matchup was. We wanted this matchup uh, as much as possible. But when you motion out, now Johnson leaves. Now we've got somebody else on Harrison, and, and that's a problem. Now, the problem for Ohio is that Barrett walks out as well. And so what does Barrett do? He gets into that little hook-to-curl zone underneath Harrison. Harrison makes the wrong mood. I think McCord was right here with the throw. I think he, he, he needed to go outside because if he goes inside – I think Barrett's there for a possible pick. Barrett's right on it. Uh, Something about um, um, Harrison, I don't think he was totally into the game at first. I mean, obviously he had a great game after that. But you look at this first quarter, there there was something missing there with him. He wasn't wasn't himself, that's what I would say. He just didn't look – he looked confused. He looked like – what. This ain't what we talked about. So just looked a little bit different. I was thinking he was looking at McCord saying, I got a linebacker on me. This is good for 20, 30 yards, and you threw it at my feet. But I don't know. Well, you know, Denny, there's a linebacker on him with that we see, but we also don't see a DB over top of him. Okay. 
Okay, so that was a dangerous throw. That was a dangerous route right there. If he throws it inside, I think Barrett has a pick. I think Barrett makes a pick. All right. Again, um, there's confusion on their side. Stoned at the line of scrimmage. Watch our guys. Uh, Stewart, great punch on the, line, uh, on the left tackle. He comes down and punches him. That constricts the rule. You know, anybody can say you get in, you got respond, you're responsible for C gap. Okay. Well, I just jump out and C gap. I'm there, right? That's not what they're talking about. What they're talking about is you got C gap, but you want to constrict B. You got A gap, but you want to restrict B or the opposite A. Okay. And that's how Michigan plays defense. They restrict the adjacent gaps, and that makes hard running lanes for the opponents. Watch Stewart just manhandles the left of the right tackle here, throws him around. And that's my example of you're recruiting pass blockers. You're not recruiting run blockers. Watch Mason Graham. He just muscles this left, uh, this right guard right back into the hole. And so he's playing two gaps actually. And that, and, and that constriction right there, Stops that play. That's how you stop a run game right there. You constrict, and this kid has had a heck of a year all year. You constrict, you play your gap, but you restrict the adjacent gap. That's what we always used to tell our players. Just because you you are, are a C gap player doesn't mean you just jump up in the C gap. You have to constrict the uh, this, the uh, B gap. This kid has been phenomenal. It, he's a weapon. He is a weapon. Tom Doman is a weapon. Let's think about his last two weeks. He puts the ball inside the one against Maryland, which we end up getting a safety and end up icing the game. Here, he switches the whole field position and, and, and creates a 71-yard punt and puts them on the 20. Now they're back to their field position is not good. Later in the game, or later in the half, and I don't have it, uh, later in the half he puts one inside the three-yard line. What did that do? That made it 17 more yards that the offense had to get in that last drive right before the half. What ended up happening, Denny? They missed the field goal, which I thought was poor time management because I thought he had another play. I thought he could have run the ball to the right, put the ball more in the middle of the field, and um, um, maybe got a couple yards, and I think he could have made that field goal. But that was poor time management. But basically, it was set up because of this guy right here um, making the punts that he made. That's a 71-yard punt, and I don't think you can uh, underplay that as, uh, at all. That was a huge, huge play right there in the game. Special teams, Denny. All right. Here's um, one offensive play I want to just show. Um, great combo block and a great pin by Zinner. This is phenomenal. We put, we put Barner in motion here. That brings the linebacker downhill. He's got to play downhill now. He's got to play that ISO, that inside zone uh, play. Watch what we do um, to the offense. And, and, and this is – it's not a great run. It's not a great play. But it's good enough. It's good enough. It puts us in that position where third and fourth down are now on the table. That's a nice three-yard run right there. Watch Zenner. He just he just pummels the Ohio State linebacker. Watch him. Boom. That's their All-American or All-Big Ten linebacker on the ground right there. 
Leonard just destroyed him. Uh, watch Keegan. Keegan makes a great block. Picks up that uh, blitzing linebacker. Watch uh, Nugent. Nugent stones his guy. So great job by the offense. Picking that up. And uh, that's a great job by Barnhart there too. Getting inside uh, that three technique with Zinner on that combo. That that That's a huge block by Barnhart right there. So even though it was just a three-yard gain, it's a huge play because it puts us in a position where third and fourth down are now on the table. We can still run the ball. Okay. Great job by Jones here. He gets inside their defensive end. Um, Corum makes the uh, this linebacker think he's going outside in this gap. So he steps up. Great lead block. Zenner. <laughs> Zenner is so aggressive. He's almost offsides here. But great job by the offensive line. Best one-yard team in America right there, Denny. I think I've called that a couple times, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Quorum, 22 touchdowns. It's the most in the country. Best one-yard team in America. Great job by Jones getting inside there. Touchdown. Great job. Okay. Why is this not playing? Well. Look at this over here, Denny. You got their first of all, they call a timeout because our defense confused them. Okay, that was a costly timeout. Think about this going into halftime. They only have one timeout in 97 yards or at least 50 some yards to get in field goal range. This was the start of it. And if you look at these, why aren't these receivers in on this conversation? Why are they not? They're not talking to coaches. They're talking to each other. Why are they not in here listening to this conversation right here? This is a problem that Ohio State has. This is a major problem. These guys think, don't think. They think they know more than what's going on in this brain trust. And so that's that's a problem that they have. Uh, and, and there's some doubt. You see some doubt right here. Okay. So that's one timeout. Great play by uh, um, great stop, costly uh, costly timeout on this series. Phenomenal job right here. And this is, again, we've seen this before. I've talked about it before, Denny. This is Palms coverage right here. Watch the corner come off of the wide out receiver and sit on that out route. Watch it. And, and, they, and third base is over here complaining to his quarterback. There's nowhere to throw the ball. There is nowhere to throw the ball here. If he throws it there, if he throws it right there, it's a pick six right yeah. there. If he throws the ball correctly right there, it's a pick six. Let's go back to this receiver right here. He's not open because we got somebody over top. So whether third base was talking about maybe he should have looked on the other side of the field or what, this ball was a good throwaway ball. And that's what I'm talking about. This quarterback, is he had a very good game because this could have been a pick six right there. That could have been going back the other way. And we've seen it this year. And we've seen it this year, right, Denny? We saw it against Minnesota. Okay. And this was the second costly timeout. Here comes Michigan. We bring in our big boy, Trente Jones. So they think, okay, we got to get all these run stoppers in. 
They got five defensive linemen. One, two, three, four, five. Three linebackers. One, two, three. And here's the ninth guy up on the line. The problem is, look at the personnel we have on the field. We've got we've got Donovan Edwards, who's a great pass threat. Um, we have Roman Wilson right here. And I believe this is more. So and now, not to mention, we got Bredesen, who's going to line up in the fullback position. They're outmanned. They know it. This is a touchdown waiting to happen if they don't call timeout. We have them confused once again. Five D linemen, three linebackers, and we got four potential threats right here to throw the ball deep or or, or throw throw a big time ball. Okay, another costly timeout. That scenario right there, Denny. That might have been the game right there. Those timeouts, those uh, personnel adjustments that they weren't prepared for, that's being outcoached, and that's outcoaching the opponent. Our coaches did a phenomenal job this day. They outcoached uh, this team. Phenomenal job. And that's all I got for the Michigan game, Jenny. Denny, we got some bad film on them, but um, that's all I got for the Michigan game. Would you like to talk about Iowa? Throw some in. We got a couple minutes to go. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's see if I can get Iowa thrown up here right away. Uh, there we go. Just like there that. Just like that. We got it. Okay. Let's see if I can expand this. Okay. Iowa ball number twenty-one. Caden Wetchin, um, fourth in the conference in runbacks. Okay, that's Iowa ball. Play great defense, play sound defense, stop the opponent, and play great special teams. This kid's a good ball player, and they're missing one. Uh, this uh, this Cooper Dijon that got hurt, and he's yeah. the one that returned the ball against Minnesota. Uh, this kid was special. He, had, he um, I saw him at uh, Western Michigan. He's a good ball player. Um, that That's a huge loss for them. Yeah, that kid's a good, good ball player. Uh, but they did, you know, that's what they pride themselves on. They're gonna they're gonna play uh, great defense, and they're gonna uh, um, uh, play great special teams. Okay, here we have uh, Deacon Hill transfer from Wisconsin, uh, replacing Cade McNamara. Pretty decent quarterback. Nothing nothing to brag about. Um, but but he plays within the system. He plays. He tries. They try to play him within the system, and I think he does a decent job there. Uh, Iowa's uh, um, defense, they don't blitz a lot, Denny. This team does not blitz a lot. They play four down linemen. They show they're going to blitz a lot. They come up and look like they're going to blitz a lot, but they don't blitz a lot. They play a lot of good base defense and a lot of zone behind it. Uh, this Jay Higgins leads the conference in tackles, number 34, and he's all over the field. He's making plays all over the field. Watch him ricochet out here. He bounces out. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit more than uh, – then the first down needed. But this kid makes plays all over the place. He's a good linebacker, uh, and we've got to be prepared to have a hat on him all day long. Okay, Iowa loves their tight ends. And remember, Denny, these are tight ends number three and four. Iowa has already lost Luke Lachey and Eric All, mm. both big-time tight ends. Big remember how many look at all the NFL tight ends that are in the NFL with uh um that, that came from Iowa. Uh this is they they have a lot of good tight ends, and here they come in with their third best uh, uh tight end. Um 
um, Addison or Ostrego, and, and he's a good, he's a capable ball player. He blocks well, he catches well, and uh, he runs decent routes. And, and so they're going to get the ball to the tight end, and they're going to play uh, um, possession football. Great, uh, great catching uh, in traffic right there. Man, okay. hot. What's that? That was hot, man. He had a guy in his face and kind of right now out of traffic. Right uh, here's Iowa's uh, – this is also what they're known for. Iowa's known for their offensive linemen. And and Ference, the uh, offensive coordinator, is is one of the better def- uh, offensive line coaches in America. Kid yourself not. This guy knows how to produce offensive linemen. He knows how to get them prepared for the college game, and they end up prepared for the professional game. They've got a lot of good – they've had a lot of great linemen in the uh, NFL from Iowa. That's a good good offensive line coach. Great offensive line coach, and they do a nice job. Look at the protection there. That's good protection right there. Remember, Nebraska's defensive line was pretty good when we saw them. Okay. Again, good protection. I don't know why I had that down. I think it was the next one. Okay. Iowa, punt team. What did we talk about? Defense, special teams. Defense, special teams, fumble. We cannot afford to turn the ball over against Iowa. That cannot happen. Remember, when we lost when we lost to Iowa in 16, there were a couple reasons. We had two fourth down penalties on punt block. So that was a problem. But we also gave up a safety because they got the ball down on the one yard line. We gave up a safety on a blitz. And and, and that's basically changed the game. We cannot afford turnovers. Can't afford missed assignments. Watch this kid punch this out. Tell me they're not practicing that. They are practicing turnovers. They want turnovers. That's how they're gonna. That's how they're gonna beat teams. You look at their stats, Denny. They have nothing that says they should be in the Big Ten championship game, except for defense efficiency and special teams. That's it. That's the only thing that they uh, that that they they hang their hat on, right here. Here's Iowa defense. Look at this four down linemen. That's it. That's it. They don't rush. They don't. They don't uh, blitz a lot. They play coverage behind it and let the rush take uh, uh, um, get home eventually. These guys are well covered, and I know it's Nebraska. I know it's not the greatest uh, pass team in the world, but it's it's pretty. Uh, it's a lot easier to cover. Uh, four receivers with seven guys than it is uh, with uh, man on. So uh, this team knows how to play base defense. They know how um, uh, how to how to cover passes and support the run. All right, this is uh, uh, Steven Stillings, another uh, fullback. All this action over here, Denny. All these big bodies over here. We're thinking we're running over here. What does Iowa do? One of their premier plays, boot. He's got two people open here. He's got both tight ends open. This kid's capable. This kid is a capable tight end right here. Uh, they 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 have a tremendous amount of tight ends play for Iowa. And, and, and that's their recruiting base. That's, that's their strength. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, if you're, if you're a tight end or a punter, you want to go to Iowa. <laughs> well, you want to think about it. Because Michigan is pretty good at tight end, too, Denny. Good point. Right? Oh, hey, yeah. 
Sebastian Castro, this guy uh, um, uh, sealed the game against Iowa State with a touchdown return, INT touchdown return. This kid's a ball player. This kid is one of the best. You look at him, he is near the ball all day long. This kid is a good, good ball player, fundamentally sound, and he he's opportunistic. He's going to make plays like this. This kid is opportunistic, and he's been that way for a number of years. They love him in Iowa, and, and he plays good football. He is a good, good football player. We have to be cautious of him. He, he, he makes plays that helps the offense. He makes plays that help the offense. Um, they're missing Cooper DeJean. Cooper DeJean is, is one of the best return guys in the country, one of the best corners um, in the Big Ten. This guy was a great, great ball player. And uh, they, they're missing them. This is Nebraska taking a shot down deep, and they hit it. And 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 I think one of the big reasons is because they're they're missing one of their best players, Cooper DeJean. That's a big loss for uh, Iowa. And there you go, touchdown. Mm. Again, your big boy offensive line. This is uh, um, uh, uh, Caleb Johnson. He's their number two running back. Uh, good, good, solid running back. He just, you know, he moves the ball forward. That's what they do, Denny. That's what they want to do on offense. They want to move the ball forward. Watch their tight end and tackle just destroy this linebacker over here. Poor kid gets double teamed by that kind of weight. Look at him. Watch him. Whoop. There goes that nickel ride. Did you see that, Denny? <laughs> I did see that. Watch that nickel ride. Oh, geez. Here we go. Oh, oh. That hurts. That freaking hurts. Okay, and this is their big boy. LaShawn Williams, um, good running back, solid running back. He finds holes, and um, and that's what they want to do. They want to give him the ball and let him make plays. And and this kid's capable. We, ha we have to stop their run game. We have to stop their run game. That's it, Den. Hey, that's well, Michigan, Michigan's got the best uh... – they got the def best defense in the country, so I, I I like going into the game with that. Got a good chance for it, Jerry. Great job! You hit a home run and everything. You know, I don't know if you're going to be able to hit five, six, seven, eight home runs every time you come on, but you did today. Great job! I look forward to talking with you next week. Denny, thank you. Hail to the victors, and you always do a a, a home run job, Denny. You oh, wow. always are on it. Thank you. Thanks.